Hello, and welcome to the Warden Fintech Podcast. I'm your host, Kian Asani, and today I'm joined by Jeffrey Kendall, Executive Vice President of North America Sales and Distribution at Temenos. Temenos is the world's leader in banking software, partnering with banks and other financial institutions to transform their businesses and stay ahead of a changing marketplace. Over 3,000 firms across the globe, including 41 of the top 50 banks, rely on Temenos to process the daily transactions of more than 500 million banking customers. As the Executive Vice President of North America Sales and Distribution for Temenos, Jeffrey is responsible for driving solutions for growth for Temenos' North American customer base. Jeffrey also manages partnerships with the rest of Temenos to ensure the global success of Temenos Infinity, their market-leading digital and front office product. Before we begin, we'd like to thank the team at Money 2020 USA for hosting Warden Fintech in Las Vegas during their annual conference to meet with and interview thought leaders in the fintech industry. Money 2020 is the premier global event on payments, fintech, and financial services, where C-level executives, renowned speakers, innovators, and disruptors from across the world unite to drive change in the future of money. We would also like to thank Warden Fintech's platinum sponsor, the Stevens Center for Innovation and Finance at Warden. The Stevens Center is the premier research, education, and thought leadership institution in the world for financial technology. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us on the Warden Fintech podcast today. I appreciate the opportunity, Ken. It's great to chat with you. So I thought before we get into everything you're doing at Temenos, uh, if you could tell us a bit about your background prior to joining Coney and what you were doing at Coney before the acquisition. Yeah, so it's an interesting journey. I started out as a technologist 20 years ago as a developer and a software engineer, and uh, through my career have had the opportunity to be involved in digital one way or another, whether it was uh, for healthcare, uh, making patient portals and coming up with products in that industry, and then have now landed uh, the past five years of my career has been in fintech and uh, serving financial services customers. So it's been a, a, a long but uh, interesting journey for me. That's great. So you were most recently at Coney and uh, Temenos recently acquired it for, I think, just over half a billion. Um, what were your roles and responsibilities uh, at Coney and what are you doing now at Temenos? Yeah, so for the past couple of years, my role at Coney was basically running as a general manager of the business unit that we had that was dedicated to financial services. In the market, broadly, we, we came up with the brand Coney DBX and we're very, very focused on bringing pre-built uh, banking applications and solutions into the market built on Coney's uh, flexible development platform that we had uh, that we'd had since the beginning of the company. Okay, that's that's super interesting. Coney is often described as the SaaS leader in digital banking, and that was, I think, a coup for Temenos to make that acquisition. How are how are Coney's uh, innovations in digital banking helping with the Temenos Infinity product going forward? Yeah, I think one of the key things that uh, has given us an edge as we've developed out new products and solutions for, for the banking industry is the foundational low-code platform that Coney had developed the IP for years ago. And so if you think about from a product development company, having to go accelerate investment and be able to come out with new features and new capabilities faster having access to our own IP that was a low-code platform gives us an advantage uh, moving forward as Temenos to be able to develop new products faster and get them to our customers um, at a lower cost and a, and a faster way. Right. So did Temenos not have a product like this before? Or is it 
basically taking Coney's product and putting it right in there, or is there some kind of mixing and matching going on between what was there before and what Coney's bringing? Yeah, especially with regard to sort of front-end digital solutions. On the back office, you know, there were different, uh, obviously, product development techniques and languages and architectures that go into that. I think the difference is when you start developing on the front end, you need something that's a little bit more agile than traditional development uh, languages and frameworks that are available uh, in the marketplace. A lot of times what you're faced with if you're a developer of a, of a product is going and stitching together pieces of the architecture, sort of mm-hmm. building a, 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 you know, a link and log structure of, of different components to be able to build that product. When you have a purpose-built platform, when you have it so that it's componentized, you can really get some advantages in terms of the amount of energy it takes to develop a solution um, is, is reduced pretty dramatically. And that's, that's the advantage that, uh, that our platform brings to the, to the Temenos equation, as well as some of those pre-built um, you know, sort of applications that we've, that we've had for several years. Right. So you're charged with leading sales in North America for the now Temenos Infinity products, which is now what Coney DBX is part of. That's right. Maybe taking a step back, can you kind of explain to our listeners who might not even realize that they interact with Temenos Infinity on a day-to-day basis through their bank, what the product is and what the advantage is that you're bringing to your customers at Temenos Infinity? Yeah, no, it's one of the fun, fun parts of my job. Uh, Coney also, prior to the acquisition, served lots of different industries. So mm-hmm. not just banking, but retail and travel and hospitality. And so when inevitably when someone asks, you know, what is it that you do? And I, I just say, well, pull out your phone. And I know that there's an application on there that right. was built uh, using our technology and by our people. And so it is the situation of the 3M, which is, you know, sort of people use it all the time, but they don't necessarily understand um, nor does the end consumer care what the underlying technology. They just want it to work. They want right. it to look look um, beautiful and be easy to use. Um, but that that's that's sort of the, uh, the the mission of what we're bringing to to market now. My challenge in in my new role is bringing together not just a bunch of disparate products and sort of helping banks and, and credit unions understand how that can benefit them, but really understanding this this verticalized. Uh, stack of products that are integrated but yet available modularly mm-hmm. and that's where I think the market uh, we're going to be doing a lot of work with the market to help them understand you can use this as sort of integrated or truly in best of breed uh, and that's the challenge right now right I mean it's a huge value for credit unions and community banks who can't afford to build out these sophisticated applications that JP Morgan or like a Citibank might have that Temenos can come in and offer them uh, very, you know, comparable solution um, at a much cheaper cost for those guys. I mean, how do you interact with the with you know credit unions and community banks, and are there any challenges to kind of breaking in and implementing your technology there? Well, I, I think what's interesting is that digital is critical and strategic now to everyone in the market, regardless of the size of institution. Yeah. So small credit unions, large banks, medium banks. When you talk to the, the, the decision makers and C-level executives at these institutions, they're all thinking about how do we keep pace with digital technology that's out there being driven by you know, Chase, by Bank of America, who really have an investment advantage mm-hmm. over everybody else because they have you know, more funds and more resources to throw at the problem than pretty much the rest of the market combined. 
And so when you're, when you're a C-level exec figuring out like, how do we go compete? How do we go keep up? You really have to look for some sort of advantage. And that usually is from a technology or a partnership advantage. And that's where we play is bringing this ability to, to, to have a product that's off the shelf, but also flexible enough to be customized yep. to allow them to achieve what their business strategy is and what their objective is. Most of the vendors that historically have grown up in this space, their approach to product has been take it off the shelf, take it as is, don't customize it because they were trying to replicate it across thousands of customers. In the new era, that's not as acceptable to the end customers. They want flexibility and control. No, that makes sense. I mean, that means you can be GISA or PSCU and have the exact same looking mobile app as JP Morgan and offer your customers the same kind of quality of digital banking. Yeah, and I think the opportunity ahead is is you know one of my um, one of my favorite friends in this industry, Rilla Delorier from Umqua Bank. She said it best. She said, "We've got to stop chasing Chase." So, if you think about what the advantage of what Chase is doing in the market. A credit union should not try to be Chase. What they should try to do is use digital to bring out what their mission and charter is. And the same is for the regional banks. How do you use digital to express your brand, bring it to life, and delight your members and customers versus you know, worrying about what, what you're trying to do, what the big guys are trying to do? Mm-hmm. So what, what amount of customizability do you guys offer to credit unions and banks how, much, how many of them really need that for their specific members and what role do you play in the actual customizing? Yeah, so we always think it is a digital journey. So upfront, you know, in, in terms of a, a maturity curve, if you will, or, or, or sort of where people um, enter into this, uh, into the digital journey, if you're brand new at this, you're gonna start with a lot of off the shelf, but some customizations, the look and feel, you might change. Uh, a, a few different capabilities on the application, but where we consistently see our customers going is that about a year into the journey, when they're very comfortable with the technologies working, everything's going, they'll start pushing the envelope and mm. adding new features for their customers on their own without the help of Coney, which is really the intent is to put people back in control um, of their roadmap and 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 their product. Right, and so. Um, Customers that have been with us for three to five years are very mature in pushing the edge of what uh, integrated experiences look like, and um, it, it just depends on how they sort of build that that uh, capability over time. And do you provide them with source code, and are they doing that themselves, or are you guys doing the customization kind of hand in hand with them? So typically, we provide them with the the guardrails, if you will, okay. of, of how to customize, and and it's a componentized approach. Um, so changing one thing doesn't break everything. That's right. an important <laughs> piece of it. And that's always sort of the back of mind of, of if you're a technology leader, customization can be great, but it can also be a really frightening prospect as well because most of the time when you customize a product, you're off on your own from a support perspective. So we provide sort of the path and the guidance to our customers of saying, these are the things that you should go change and here's where you can do it and how you can do it. Um, but stay away from customizing these or you might be off the rails a little too much and yep. cause problems down the road. Yeah. And just so maybe we can understand better, like the breadth and reach of uh, Temenos Infinity, how, how many you know, banking customers and maybe end customers do you think there are on the platform today? 
Yeah, so, so with Temenos broadly, we have over 3,000 banking institutions that use Temenos software around course, the world yeah. today. Um, as in, in terms of our, our digital capabilities, in the United States, for example, it's over uh, roughly over 100 institutions that wow. are using us for their, for their digital front end. Um, and that number is growing very, very rapidly. So um, we serve a very, very broad swath of the market. So mm. from small credit unions that may have a couple hundred million in assets, clear up to trillion dollar asset money center uh, institutions and everywhere in between. Um, and that's really just a testament to the importance of digital across the entire spectrum of financial institutions. Five years ago, if you were a $500 million credit union, you were basically taking whatever was off the shelf from your existing core provider. Right. That attitude is changing. People understand that they want to have control and flexibility, and they're, they're taking advantage of that. Yeah. And speaking of uh, the core providers, I'm assuming whatever core your clients have in place, you guys are integrating with them to pull that data out and have that relationship with their core. That's right. And this is really, when you think about digital, it's about participating in an ecosystem. Right. Number one is, uh, I have yet to, to work with a financial institution that has one supplier that supplies everything inside the bank. So there's a natural sort of, um, you know, requirement that you have to play well, you have to be mm -hmm. open. And we believe philosophically that people who are, you know, committed to being open and integrating with other players in the ecosystem will ultimately win mm -hmm. because that's what customers want, flexibility and choice, and we provide that to them. So um, integrating to someone else's core while we have a world-class core, uh, that's an important thing because not everybody is at the point in their journey to be able to replace their core. And that's not an easy task. And right. so, um, so we have to be at a spot where we're giving the customers what they need rather than trying to sort of force a perspective on them. Yeah. And what, so what are the most important features in, you know, digital customer facing uh, innovation to your clients? Um, what features do they look for the most? Are they, you know, when they're looking at different options, really being like Temenos Infinity offers this, we yeah. need this. I think th that answer is evolving. Yeah. So had you asked that question three years ago, I think it was squarely around servicing the customer. Okay. So people were focused on, can I log in and check my balances? Can I move my money around? Mm. Can I do the things that maybe before I had to go into a branch or I had to go to a call center or something of that? How do you automate that? That was sort of where everybody started with digital banking. I would say in the past 12 months, what has become paramount in terms of everybody's concern is really how do we go open new accounts and drive more growth and deposits to the bank or credit union. Interesting. This has become, you know, the war for digital service is now evolving into the war for deposits, right? The deposits are the lifeblood for our end customers and everybody is looking for ways to go grow that. And so in an account opening process and making it easy for people to transition to your financial institution, offer new products and services, if you can do that in a really seamless, frictionless way through digital, then we're seeing that those banks and credit unions are growing uh, their book of business. And that, that right there is when it all, you know, sort of the, the old follow the money rule. Uh, if you worry about that component and you solve that, you've, you've gotten over the big first step. Right. That's interesting. 
And speaking of, uh, you know, the war for deposits, uh, it makes me think a lot of all the challenger banks and uh, investing apps now available to consumers. You guys also provide a product for challenger banks, including borrow money. I'm curious, how does that differ from the traditional credit union or community bank that you service? Yeah, I think when it's primarily, you know, revolves around that deposit function, um, you know, the challenger banks have an advantage because they don't have to worry about all the operational components that traditional banks and credit unions have yeah. to worry about. So they don't have to worry about necessarily what their, you know, ATM fleet looks like or whether they have tellers staffed right. at a branch. It's just a different model. Mm. And so they can they can sort of look first to digital um, as they're developing out their capabilities and that lets them get to market faster than if you were, say, starting a brand new bank that still had all the, the physical um, sort of components that the banks do today. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm curious, there's, we're here at Money 2020, there's obviously a lot of your competition here as well. You see NCR, you see Alchemy. What, what really differentiates Temenos Infinity, now powered also by Kony DBX, from these other competitors? Yeah, I would say that there's two things. Number one is we provide the most comprehensive suite of banking solutions relative to our competitors, I think, that are out there. Whether it's back office or front office, uh, whether it's digital or core, we sort of have a, an entire integrated stack that we can bring to market. And it's important to point out that while there's value in that integration, again, that modularity and being able to take pieces of it and fit, you know, sort of fit to solve the problem of the customer versus being a monolithic platform is, is an advantage of ours. The second thing that we have that nobody else in the market has goes back to that low-code platform, mm -hmm. which is... If you're in digital and you're trying to build product, who can build product faster and better and get to market uh, in, in the shortest way possible? That's, that's been a solid reason of why we win, right. uh, is that we can come out with solutions much faster than what our competition typically has been able to do. And it's because of that, the efficiencies that that low-code platform provides us. So is that meaning like software updates and you know, new products or technologies that you can build on top of your platform for your clients, you can release those faster. Exactly, exactly. Having our own tools that we own the IP to versus being independent or being dependent on a stack of a mishmash of other capabilities and tools, we have our own integration layer. We have our own front-end development tools. Mm -hmm. We don't have to rely on another set of 10 uh, vendors and suppliers to give us those tools that we need. We own them and we manage them. Got it. Uh, that gives us flexibility and control what we do uh, as we develop for our customers. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Does that also help with your sales cycle then as well with uh, customers and integrating and implementing your technology into a new community bank or credit union? or? It does. And it's always surprising to our prospects and customers when we when we get into it because we're very willing to stand up and do proof of concepts and we you know, create actual product that we show them that demonstrates how their brand can be brought to life. And doing that usually scares a technology vendor when you go into a sales cycle and you talk about a, a proof of concept that just typically translates to a lot of time and energy to add to the sales cycle. Um, that's been something that, that we use as a strategic advantage. Again, coming back to the those tools that we have as a platform, right. we can go in and stand up a POC in a matter of a couple of days and be done with it and use the technology to prove the point. Mm. Um, and so, and it, and it highlights what that competitive advantage is. So, uh, so we do use it as a weapon. Wow. 
So you've talked a lot about what's happened over the past few years in digital and with digital adoption. Uh, where do you think it's going the next five years? I think the biggest challenge that banks and credit unions have to figure out is whenever you ask a, a, a regional bank or a, a credit union, what sets you apart from the big banks? Why do people do business with you? They always come back to the same core answer is that they know their customers better than the big banks. Mm -hmm. So their, their strategic advantage is predicated upon having a connection from their associates to their customers and members. As digital gets more pervasive, there's a, a risk that automating those transactions through digital sort of um, creates less importance about that interpersonal connection. Right? And so what we're trying to do, and where I see the, the, the folks winning in this space are, is how can you use digital not to drive those relationships apart and to separate your customer out from your people, but use digital as a tool to bring your associates and your customers together closer. Right? So we've been doing a lot of investment and development of products that allow you to, say, pick and select your own personal banker and have a one-to-one -one relationship with them using chat and the digital tools that we're all familiar with when mm -hmm. we use social media, et cetera, but sort of using that, that, you know, using the fact that everybody's got the phone in their hand to drive us closer and create those relationships versus just keeping us out of the, the communication path together. That I think is going to be a, a very, very important part of banks and credit unions figuring out a way to remain competitive against the big banks. Well, it's a steep challenge they face, but I think with platforms like yours, they're well-equipped to meet those challenges. And I think that Temenos has been doing a great job. We went upstairs to the booth. We got the demo. It was fantastic. And we're excited to see you know it in action as well. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Enjoy the rest of the conference. I appreciate it, Ken. Anytime. Thank you. Thanks.